You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everybody, welcome to episode 240 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. That's right. We got another draft prospect to talk about. I kind of feel like this conversation came out of nowhere. All thanks to uh, Corey Pronman and yeah. um, the efforts of friend of the show. Maybe. I don't know. He doesn't answer my tweets anymore. Uh, Max Boltman. <laughs> Actually, I'm not even on Twitter anymore. I don't. I don't even know what to do. I don't know what we Man. should do anymore about uh, social media because it's so nice never posting on social media. It's the best. It. Uh, I've been rewatching uh, some favorite comedies on Netflix, and there's that line in Anchorman where they're like, "We've been going to the same party for 18 years now, and in no way is that depressing." And that's what I feel like Twitter is. I didn't sign in for a few days. So I went back in, and it's the same party. It's been going on since uh, Twitter started. So, yeah, it was uh, my experiment was going into wrestling Twitter on the day of Jeff Hardy getting another DUI. So I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The I wrestling news is huge this week. Vince McMahon with a big scandal, and now that's you right. do the math. Shane's out of the company. <laughs> Stephanie's out of the company. Triple H is on the mend. Vince is going to get out, and then it's going to be a con running AEW and a con running WWE. Nice. Well, open that um, forbidden door. anyway, like it, it just so happens everybody's probably watching. Um, I don't know, maybe the Stanley Cup Finals right now. So we just Could have be. Jared aboard right now. Jared, that's okay. Posting an emoji of uh, is that Easter Island? Is that what? Uh, we call that uh, <laughs> what is it? that is uh easter island yes what are those little yeah do, do those have a name though I... um and they just the stat the... It, it could also be a nose pass from the popular uh video game pokemon um and eventually when it evolves it gets a like a big nose and a mustache so it kind of looks like mr potato Head. <laughs> it's not but so. he was he was bored so uh, Jared, I'm glad you were bored because uh, we need <laughs> right now just the three of us who are going to talk about Marco Casper. That's right. Um, should the Red Wings draft Marco Casper? I think, um, well, now's as good a time as any for us to bring up our little PowerPoint slide here. And we've had sort of this repeated slide as, as we've uh, moved along here uh, to kind of give everybody a little intro for the players if uh, they haven't gotten to know them yet. But, uh, oh, we got a a little bit of Jared's uh, comment there is covering our slide. Sorry, Jared. Um, Mike, we've got an 18-year-old Marco Casper from Austria uh, playing in the SHL for Rogo. That's right. Where, uh, of course, Mort Sider just absolutely destroyed the SHL. Oh. Uh, that fact has been the major connection between the Red Wings' interest as well as uh, Marco Casper this week talking about all of his uh, interviews with NHL GMs and how much fun or how much, uh, I guess he he's going to remember the conversation with 
Steve Eiserman. We got uh, good feelings with a face-to-face conversation with your future boss. Maybe. Uh, but Mike, he also is a six-foot-two center. He's 187 pounds. Uh, Mike, we've been going over some of these names. Uh, this might be... <laughs> he's a fit kid. This is definitely the fattest. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's muscly. He's he's the heaviest. Uh, I'll put it that way. Of uh, most of the kids that we've been talking about. Well, I, I weigh about a I weigh about a buck ninety at five eight. So if you stretched me out and chopped off three pounds, you're gonna get Marco Casper. So be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but I this this kind of stuff just blows my mind. Like, um, it's a little bit like you know, like uh, I'll do a, a a good baseball example, like Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, you know what we know him now is like a chubby power hitter, right? That's what he's done for like you know, 18 of his 20 years in baseball. Um, but he came in as like a spry, you know, third baseman or outfielder. They're like, wow, what a fielder. Um, I think he actually played some shortstop. And then they plunked him where he actually belongs at first base. So I guess that kind of brings me to Marco. Um, I don't know why we made a chubby joke. He's really not at all. Yeah. Um, just, well, just but uh, like jokingly, 187 pounds. Like that's, yeah. he's still yeah. got 40 pounds on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, what I was going to no. say is just um, from what I've been reading, like he's a center because the draft is coming up. Um, and he played his first pro, you know, like with the league were actually played against men, you know, not playing against, you know, you know, the kids 16, 17, his first time playing with men. Uh, he was on the wing, which is not to say that he could never be a center um, or that, you know, you, you, you can't have, you know, a, uh, bunch of value guys on guys who play on the wing um you know hello tampa bay lightning who are probably going to win another cup here uh with a lot of good players on the wing it looks like um but i uh i don't know how much i don't know how much value to give this uh position identifier um because we you know we didn't actually see him play against men uh, from the center role so he could grow into it but it's it just seems like a convenience um i guess I hear, I hear your point. I, I would at least look at it as like he's more of a center than Lekaramaki, right? Who's just solidly a yeah. winger. Uh, he's got the experience as a center. Uh, but yeah, well, like we're, we're we were also like brought. This is brought to our attention also because the Athletic is going deeper into their draft coverage. So of course, uh, that means we're looking at Scott Wheeler's stuff, and and Scott was calling out um, that even in Casper's. Uh, I don't know, the prospectus, I guess, is how we want to reference this, uh, that there's a lot of questions as to whether he'll be a center uh, or a wing. And that's, you know, not necessarily the realm you want to be in when uh, <laughs> the other GMs uh, that you're talking to are also like, I don't know, maybe center, maybe wing. So it's not to say that this is... You know, we, we love to play in the gray here. We're not, uh, we don't like the black and white yes or no's. Um, but as we play in the gray and we love to play in the gray, it's, it's not good to say, well, he, we don't know if he'll be a center. You'd like to play the game that absolutely the guy we're going to be drafting center, but also, uh, we could take a look at Scott Wheeler's picks right now, his first, uh, or maybe his last mock draft. Uh, he has the Red Wings taking, uh, Maddie Savoy, which would, I, Mike, I think you'd be a huge fan of that. 
but you look at Maddie Savoy, his, I mean, his profile too, center, right wing, <laughs> boom, right there. So <laughs> it's, it's not, uh, it's not something exclusive to Casper. Um, but I think it's a positive when you look at Savoy, you look at Casper, you're looking at guys that have experience with center. It's just, it's not necessarily a positive. Let's put it that way. It's not, it's definitely not just like bad news, but it's not something that is considered a positive when you see a guy who we want to draft a center uh, isn't necessarily going to hold on to that role as he moves to the NHL. Like, it's not a sure thing. So that's not a positive. That's all That's all we're saying. Yeah, I think he's another guy that reminds me of, um, you know, the analogy that, you know, drafting these guys, it's like looking at a painting and it's kind of in the eyes of the beholder. You know, what kind of narrative you can kind of uh, create with the with the player. Um, so, I mean, you know, seeing that, you know, he's a center marked as a center, but played a lot as a wing. Right. And you can kind of be discouraged that, um, you know, when he was actually in the league playing against men, um, you know, he was relegated to the wing, but, um, you know, if you want to flip it and take a positive spin at looking at the, the Casper painting, you're getting a, a little bit more, um, you know, of a feel of what he's going to look like at the NHL level because it turns out that league is actually full of men. So, I mean, if he's still producing points, uh, he's still a productive player, he still stands out against, you know, other men. Um, I, I think that's, <laughs> as, as somebody evaluating talent, you want to feel like they, you know, aren't just, you know, stuffing the stat sheets, you know, against, uh, you know, teenage punks. So, I mean, I think there's a little... You could, you could kind of look at it either way, but um, he has a like a high enough compete level. Uh, you know, that's that's what I've been reading. Everybody kind of raves about with this guy. Um, oh, we I, hear I think, that a lot. I feel like you, you know, <laughs> if if he's competing against kids, that's one thing. But if you can actually see him standing out amongst the other adult people, um, you're going to feel a little bit better about him on draft night, I think. So I don't think this would be a, a bad pick at all. Um, I, I just, I think, uh, I'm just curious what we're getting. I think that you were leaning towards this too, but you get a guy who was listed as center. You move him, you move him to wing, and now he's playing in the SHL. A part of that is you absolutely have to get this guy on the ice, right? And they're just looking at it, going, "All right, we're not going to have his first experience playing against men." Uh, <laughs> be be the role that he you know he would take the most responsibility on the forward side. So um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a demotion. I would think it would be a much easier role for him to get used to because we know there are more responsibilities as they move through the neutral zone and come into the defensive zone for that center. And now you can kind of get Casper uh, used to the speed, used to the physicality when he's playing against. Man. And and instead, you know, we could give him a shot at center once he has a little bit more experience. I, I think that's the way to go. But more importantly, Mike, uh, Jared has some uh, friends in the chat. Finally. Good God. <laughs> I'm glad some more folks showed up. Uh, Jared did want to point out that uh, our boy, Marco. Yeah. Like he's about 14 in the <laughs> picture we had up. Um, For all the talk about him playing with men, this is easily the guy who looks most like a boy. So, uh Definitely a lot of room for growth on this on this uh, little fella. It's uh, 
It's worth mentioning, too, I think, uh, at his age, like, this is the best point to mention this, uh, his six points in, I believe, 14 games are tied for the most for a U18 player in the SHL playoffs. I think that relates, right? We're talking about how young he looks. Well, he's so young. <laughs> Mike, how young is he? He uh, had six points, and it's tied for a record. <laughs> no, and I'm not stinking against the record. It's very, That's really cool. That's how you pick guys. Uh, that are going to be making a difference. Um, you know, you put them in the, uh, we want to talk about high level compete, right? You put them in the, the hardest competition, SHL play, at least for his league in the SHL, you put them in the SHL playoffs. And that's when he starts producing a little bit more. Could be too. Coach sees what he's been doing all year. He leans on him a little bit more, gets him those opportunities to score. Thumbs up. All right. But also, like I said, we got some buddies in the chat. Finally. Curtis is aboard. It's been forever since Curtis has been around for a live. We've had hey, how you doing, Curtis? chat back and forth with Curtis and just like old episodes and just in the in the regular old YouTube comments. Curtis, glad you're aboard. Um, Eric Johnson, of course, my favorite. Green every episode. My dude. Hi guys. <laughs> I do love this. Hey, I'm not alone. Uh, <laughs> Curtis uh, throws out there also the love for Eric. We all love that. That's how he greets us uh dan b coming in here last few years scott wheeler's analysis of wings picks was way off i think i pronounced that properly mike um not sure i trust his opinion dan mm -hmm. i will say he did love edmondson and wallander and for two straight seasons maybe he didn't pick them but he did walk away after analyzing their game like the following season of course that would be edmondson's past season this is wallander a season ago scott wheeler did it's almost like he not an apology but it was just like a retread right like he came back and was like Oh, these guys and mike we let we throw this at edmondson all the time and we look for it when we're looking for our next Red Wings draft pick, that is the horse that Deep pierces the, the sky. My sword will pierce the sky. Um, unicorns. Come on. We're looking for unicorns. There's I said Salter Bloom. Yeah. Not oh, did you not know that word? Did you forget it for a second? I left you hanging. Me? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were doing like pointy horse and I thought you forgot the word for a minute. Oh, I wanted you yeah, I wanted you to say unicorn. Sorry. Oh we don't I apologize. We're <laughs> how long have we been brothers? We still don't have good chemistry. Um we're getting there. So I will say, Dan, um if Wheeler I guess shoot, Dan, I don't even know what to say right now. Cause I was about to say if Wheeler becomes a fan of him next year. Uh, but that does jack shit for us right now. But, Dan, I mean, you you have nailed it. Like, it is one of those things where Scott has kind of been way off, not only on who he's going to pick, but then the guys, the year of, the guys that we end up picking, he's not the biggest fan of, but he becomes a huge fan the next year. So, kind of kind of a rolling trend for Mr. Wheeler. Also, I throw out there Pronman kind of the same boat the athletic not doing so great with scouting uh pronman still still putting up a fight against mort cider i don't know mike if you listen to the prawn man on his podcast or read his articles it's still one of those games that he's playing all the time where he's just like i like Moritz cider he's gonna be great he's gonna be in a you know an every game nhl player but i don't see elite he's like and I, you could still be good and not be elite like he 
he goes to that length to explain himself out of the massive hole uh, that he's dug for himself in regards <laughs> to the uh, cider analysis. But um, I, I will say this, like, it's still kind of odd, Dan, uh, that when I'm going to, I'm going to scroll down here because eventually Scott Wheeler, even though he has us picking Savoy, at number 14, he has the Jets picking Marco Casper, and his analysis is so weird. He says, if the Red Wings don't take Casper, six picks before <laughs> at number eight, then the, the Jets might take him. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, just it's such a I, I, I can't really recall the last time, especially with the Red Wings, that there's been an analysis like this on a player especially Casper where like what what did we have uh if I could pull up I'm gonna make this uh, as big a screen as possible for me consolidated ranking for Casper number 19 elite prospects number 17 FC hockey has him at 18 Bob McKenzie has him at 17 McKean's 24 Craig Button 27 it's just central scouting but specifically for EU skaters let's not forget that a lot of people have shouted out, yeah, but he's number five for Central Scouting. Yes. For European skaters, he's number five. Um, so clearly not counting anybody from North America in that list. Uh, but yes, number five there. Uh, Sportsnet, number 14. ISS Hockey, number 12. This is for all the podcast listeners, of course. Recruit Scouting, number 19. Dover Prospects, number 19. Draft Prospects Hockey, number 22. Smart Scouting, number 31. Based out of Boston, I'm guessing. And the puck authority number 21. Mike. That's a hell of a list to have the Red Wings picking them at number eight. And of course, Pronman really excited about what I mentioned earlier at 18, those six points in the playoffs in 13 games. Half a point per game. He's 18. I would. Remind everyone we are talking about when we talk about an 18-year-old kid, a six foot two hundred and eighty-seven pound eighteen-year-old kid. I don't think we're looking at a kid who's about to hit six foot six, you know, two twenty in the next couple of years. I think our boy I think he might be filled out. I think uh I think we've got a six foot two hundred and eighty-seven pound kid, also uh, an adult. So I think <laughs> in regards to him getting half a point per game. I think that also needs to be taken into consideration. Talk about an 18-year-old kid. Pretty big 18-year-old kid. Sizable. We've talked about older people in the NHL who are way smaller than Marco Casper. So I just think it's all these things have to be taken into consideration. And I think the one thing for me that has me going, if this happened, I'd be okay with it. It would. It would pretty much be that we're talking about another center, which we've already talked about the problems that yeah. he's playing wing on the SHL, which again, there's two different, there's probably like eight different ways, eight different schools of thought in regards to him playing wing. Again, we mentioned it. You just absolutely have to get him on the ice. It's at least a lower pressure going from neutral zone to D zone. Every zone, really, it's harder in, for the center, but that's always what... I felt like Mickey Redmond was teaching us uh, in the Pavel Datsuk era. 
Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup for eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, it's not necessarily just bad, but um, not necessarily positive is is the thing about uh, him being center. So, yeah, I uh, I was just going to drop one thing on you. Yeah. Um, Is this about Marco? It's a scouting report. Go for it. Blank is one of those players who isn't going to wow you with his offensive upside, but oh boy. has proven he has the skill needed to be more than a tough minutes option who goes off the glass and out. His size, which has room to become even stronger, hmm. and length to find him, but he also possesses okay puck handling ability, a wrist shot that has some whip and bent to it, um, and rapidly improving skating. Um, he's reliable in his own zone. Um rubs carriers out along the wall and has the skill needed to escape and exit the zone with an outlet pass. Though I wouldn't take him in the first round. I won't be surprised when a team does. Matt? Who's being described in that scouting report? I feel like I have to say more Cider. Matt? Scott Wheeler ranked him 35! Wow! Alright. Dan B? He called it. <laughs> Wow, um, that is insane. I, I, I will say uh, rattled off off the top of my head. I knew Scott ranked him poorly, but I didn't yeah. realize it was that bad. I mean, in Scott's defense, I don't think anybody but Iserman thought that Mo should have been what was a pick number six. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it just goes to show you, I, I you know these guys work really, really hard and watch a lot more tape than you know a lot of us do. Um, you can still be totally wrong. Um, but, uh, man, you know, who should write these articles, um, is Iserman. <laughs> do you think that, um, cause we do want to talk a little bit more about Marco. I know we actually have some stats for him, but do you think that there's, um, like the NFL does that hard knock show? Yeah. Do you feel like there's ever a chance like post draft, they'd be able to like show us what these teams like thought of these players? And how they ranked them, or is it too tough? Because then at some point you'd know that you ranked some guy like you know eighty eighth, you know, in the draft, and then eventually when he's a free agent and he actually managed to like work really hard and become an asset, then that can kind of be held against you and be like, "Whoa, you thought I was number eighty eight? Come on, bro, I was like a top three pick." Um, or do you think you know like these teams don't want to give away like how they value guys? Do you think there's ever a, a scenario where we'll, where we will be like? privy to that information no i think they've like 
at, at almost every job uh, at that level where, I mean, we're talking about like positions that are close to like a C-suite, right? When we're looking at like a regular setup for a corporation, you're talking about your chiefs. Um, they, and this is how they get there. And unfortunately, this is also Steve Eisman. Uh, we love Steve, but also I, th I think they just way overvalue what they're actually offering. <laughs> like, I think a, a lot of the jobs that are out there uh, for corporate positions are much easier than uh, than these companies and especially the people who work them lead on. Um, so I would say to that end, they value that thought process and they're ranking so much i think they're never going to give it away they see it like as their secret sauce and they don't want to give away a, a single ingredient and that would be the fear i'm really proud of that analogy by the way um we did bring up uh the the points <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh we did bring up the uh points per game and uh compared to uh to lucas raymond um it's so right there, 1.3 for Lukey. Uh, Casper, 1.14. On this list, too, we're looking at William Eklund, Alexander Holtz, William uh, Nylander. So this is very similar to what we were looking at uh, to uh, Lekkermackie before, who had uh, similar rankings. And Casper and Lekkermackie are, are like neck and neck uh, when it comes to like a production standpoint. So if you want to call them both wingers... I mean, is there is there anything, Mike, that we've talked about so far that would push us in that direction of? And you know what, we didn't even bring up any highlights uh, for Casper. Um, we're looking at uh, NHL draft pros. I don't know if you brought that up, Mike. We it, we're we're fans. We, we I go I say go follow, go subscribe NHL draft pros on uh, YouTube. Uh, this is the lowest quality video I've ever seen on YouTube. Uh, like <laughs> this, this is terrible. And it's not, um, it's it's not it's not the analysis. Even though I think we've described in the past, Mike, how much we love the analysis on NHL Draft Pros. It's just so fanny. It's 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 just a fan going like, oh whoa, look at that shot. Like there's no real dissection. He's just really excited about it. But yeah. the the video quality is absolute shit. It's it's awful. It's it's just this fuzzy little. I, I feel like I'm watching something from the '90s. Um, I am kind of stoked. If you Google search Marco Casper right now, we're actually the third result on YouTube. That's uh, hey. surprising. <laughs> I am surprised by that. Um, this video that we're recording right now. All right. Uh, Jared threw out there, going back to uh, the Mickey Redmond mention, I'm still laughing at the fact that Mickey had an interview at uh, the, the Meyer Open, and uh, the broadcast had him named as Herman Moore. Hmm. Of course. Just... Yeah, they they look up the Detroit legend and uh, hit random. Uh, you generate, of course, Herman Moore comes up. <laughs> <Mickey Redmond. laughs> uh, well, skip over Eric's comment because uh, not because uh, I'm bringing it up because I think this should be our next episode. But uh, Eric would take uh, Cutter over Marco, and uh, I believe we've mentioned Cutter a few times, but only in like rankings from uh, some point per game perspectives and from rankings from like elite prospects, um, consolidated rankings. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Cutter should definitely be next. I think he's still landed in some. Uh, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? Mock drafts uh, for the wing ding. So I think uh, that's definitely worth our time. 
Yeah. Um, real quick, I did just want to throw out to the other uh, really good video feed that uh, I think his name's David San Louis. Yeah. Uh, for the elite prospects, that guy's really good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you guys, you absolutely have to take the time uh, for that one. I uh, I want to get Tristan's thoughts out here. Tristan's aboard. Uh, Casper is a Swedish Fileno. Oh boy. Uh, he'll be a third line setter. We need a guy with top line upside if possible. Tristan. We haven't ranked him yet. Gotta say, I think uh, I think we might both be leaning in that direction as hopefully trying to get everybody on board with uh, going over the rankings. For... It's, uh, it's going to be pretty divisive, uh, Tristan, because uh, you and I, and uh, I believe Matt, consider Valeno a third or fourth line center, while other people have already put him in the Hall of Fame. So pretty divisive comment there. <laughs> uh, Dan B, nothing against Wheeler. I'm sure he's far more knowledgeable than me. Um, Dan, I think we would get along in a hockey conversation. Uh, I was just re-listening to his review of Cider and Raymond and thought he was wrong on many opinions. Dan, I, <clears throat> this is why I think we'd get along because we look at Scott Wheeler's like, like I respect Scott Wheeler. Like I would have him as a yeah. guest on the show and I would ask him questions and I'd want to know his opinion. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I will never forget <laughs> how little he thought of Cider and Lucas Raymond, like it, it's it's something that bothers me, and I also, and I think it's fair as someone who, that's their job, right? That's their position is to watch hockey and try to properly grade these guys so that we can make uh, sort of an assessment, uh, as silly as that sounds, based off of somebody else's assessment, and uh, you got to trust them, and I would that that should break your trust. That's that's huge to to miss the mark on that. I, I would say both those guys on the the athletic haven't done an amazing job. Um, and what stinks too, when you look at how these guys get lined up in the draft, the guy who continuously gets it right, it's the old fart himself, Bob McKenzie, who's switching his this Twitter profile picture to him drinking some uh, Bahama Mamas. I think. Oh, uh, I think he waits till after the after the Stanley cup. But um, yeah, I think he's been like unofficially retired, but likes collecting a paycheck from TSN. <laughs> That's sort of his role right now. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I still, I still will maintain that. Uh, whew, the hardest sport to get a top prospect still for me, baseball, just too many people, then hockey. Uh, then probably football and then basketball. Like just figuring out who's going to be an ace right out of the gate. I still feel like that's the thing. Remember how high we were on Lafreniere? And now it's like, yeah, the offer to Lafreniere for Lucas Raymond. Uh, who who says no to that trade, Matt? Well, yeah, it's also, you get a lot of personal feelings there now. I have a Lucas Raymond jersey. But um, yeah, I mean, I at this Pretend point. Pretend you your son and answer. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm taking Lucas Raymond over Lafreniere. Um, I think, I think if you've seen what those two have done so far, mm -hmm. I think it's still pretty tough. I think it's still a toss up. I don't think we know enough, but you'd also be crazy to say, I am absolutely taking Lafreniere, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're picking Lafreniere, pretty pretty highly touted, or the runner-up for Rookie of the Year to Mo Sider. I mean, it's, it's tough going. 
I know he's not, but fourth place in our hearts. Uh, Eric thrown out there. I don't think Savoy is going to be gone. Or, oh, he actually corrected himself. He said uh, not gone uh, there. Uh, I don't think Savoy is going to be there when we pick. Maybe uh, Nazar is a possibility. Which, Nazar uh, is definitely going to be there. Yeah, I, I think uh, what's funny, too, is is the more we looked at these guys, the more I wanted Frank, uh, even over Savoy. And I think, um, who, who have we done so far? We've done Savoy, Navar, <laughs> uh, Brad Lambert, yep. and uh, Lekaramaki. Right? Yep. yep. And now uh Marco Casper. Right? That sounds like yep. five. Did that sound like five to you? That sounded like five to me. <laughs> so last week I ranked um um Nazar. I believe I could be wrong, so somebody could call me out on this. I believe I did Frank, Savoy, Lambert, Lekromaki. So now that we've added Marco Casper. This is who this is the order Matt would draft these guys. And as we go down the draft list, who's ever available? If all five were available, I'm taking Frank first. Frank comes off the board, taking Savoy. So on and so forth. Mike, with the guys that we've looked at so far. Marco's going after Lecker, Mickey. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident I... in saying that. Now, you I'm, had a different uh, list. I don't know if you remember your order. I was still, uh, I, I, it's it's going to move a little bit, but I, I'm still, I think Tristan's on board with this too, is kind of chasing high ceilings. And that's why mm -hmm. I'm still going for Lambert, Lekaramaki. Um, then give me Savoy. That's going to be my top three. I don't know why you like being wrong, but yeah, I guess that's, I mean, that's a pick. Um, <laughs> Give me some high ceiling guys. My speed, my shooter, and then Savoy. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as sold on the centers yet. I do. I do think that this is Shane Wright and then a bunch of Valenos. So, I, I'm. I'm not really sold on them. Yeah, I. Th I think you could make it. No, you know what? I'll say that. Uh, good to go. I think who's going to jockey for third or fourth will be um, Marco because I. I do like watching. Um, I feel like we're getting more examples of that too. Like it's kind of going across baseball. Um, it's going across um, basketball where they're starting to draft guys, not just who play abroad, but who do play against men. And Marco Casper has that resume playing against, you know, not just the snot nosed 16 year old. So yeah, um, it makes me feel a little bit better about the risk at number eight. Cause we know you're getting a guy with warts, you know, it's not one of the top three picks. Um, so yeah, I'm going to slide him in at three or four. And I, I could be persuaded on that. Well, um, I don't think that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really hard to argue against that. And, um, how did you just put it? What, what are they all going to have? Like the, nobody's going to be perfect. And I, I, that's the important assessment. Yeah. And I think it makes it easier to stomach whoever we take. I, I don't know though, with this Marco Casper thing with everything, everybody getting real excited about six points. In the uh, in the playoffs, um, I think Marco might be the first guy that I would go. Oh come on! It was third. It was thirteen games like that. I I gotta admit, I I could be wrong on this. I could look like the doofus. I think that would be the first guy on our list that we've looked at so far, where I'd be like, Ah, come on! What are we doing? Let's not be so silly. 
It was just six. Yeah, six points. And he's just a boy. He's no. just a boy. It's true. He is. Just teasing so, his face. Being so is everybody face. else. So yeah. I think that's where that's where I'm gonna land on Marco. I'm not gonna like give up on the Red Wings. Of course not. Um, but that'll be that'll be the pick where I'm gonna be like, geez, what are we doing? Are we really? We're right. outsmarting. We're outsmarting the world. Like I get it. We did it with cider. But oh god, really? I don't know. It's 13 games. Matt, you'll 13. be buying it. You'll be buying a jersey in 3 years. Who are you kidding? <laughs> All right. Well, another jersey I'm going to be considering uh uh next year, Mike, is going to be our boy Elmer Soderblom. He is signed. He's got that ELC good to go. Um uh throw your unicorns up. Oh. Yep. A little soda bloom action there. My soda bloom will touch, the, touch sky. the sky. Um yeah. all right. I mean, this is exciting. Grand Rapids for sure. Did we give him too short a contract? That's how you got that's the only way you can do your ELC. We couldn't have got ten years? Come on. <laughs> you don't let a Hall of Famer walk away. Um so you want to extend it right now. I want to see <laughs> I want to sit him down. I I don't know this for sure, but I don't think you can actually start that conversation until you're at the one year point. I don't think you can. I, and I know you're kidding too about doing more than three. Years, I would give but... it one. I would give it one practice. <laughs> see how he looks. See if we can extend the contract. Yeah. Hey, Jared's got it. There's the unicorn. Hey, beautiful. Jared threw your unicorns up. I like. It. Um, yeah, pretty pretty excited to watch him. Um, that, that's that signing is enough for me to like book um, a little mini trip to Traverse City go watch that guy play. Uh, Curtis, you know what? I think I put that in my YouTube uh, description for the uh, for the episode. Um, that Curtis Curtis is a big fan of that. Uh, did we give him too short of a? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate um, the look. <clears throat> That's that's gonna be one, Mike. I think we are so close to the Red Wings now. I thought uh, you were gonna say to the heavens. Now that we have a unicorn, we can ride up there. We can go ahead. <laughs> we can ride on the shoulders of unicorns, Mike. Um, yep. <laughs> now, now that we're so close to the Wingdings, and we've been watching Soderblom for the last couple of seasons, like think about how long this love affair has lasted. Like we, this wasn't even like one world junior. This is two world juniors ago. We started our love affair and, and really it started even before that. Like I remember, um, having like Ryan Lambert on our show and being like, Hey, this guy's six foot eight. I think we should be excited about him. And the response was like, yeah, but he was also a seventh round pick. It's like, yeah, but he's six foot eight. <laughs> um, Scrape back and forth. I highly recommend you guys check that out. Anyways, I think this is this is one for me. Like this is a hard, hard consideration for a Griffin's jersey. Like the first one. Um, I, I like the conversation to go this way because clearly we're not going to like talk about anything else. Like, oh, is he going to make the team? I don't know. Depends on injuries. Depends on who we're going to sign. Depends on how he plays in training camp. Can we say that? I think that's fair. But it depends I, on if we're trying to still tank and get another draft pick. Because if you call them up, you're going to the playoffs. <laughs> that, that took, I was reading comments and I, I needed a second to digest that one. Um, 
mean, yeah, they're going to have to clip the wings of this beautiful unicorn, so to speak, <laughs> to miss the playoffs with this guy on the payroll. I'm very excited about this. Now, some folks have made the comment that uh, Edmondson isn't necessarily good to go. And if he comes to North America, there's a much better chance compared to what Cider's reality was uh, last year. Even though Cider played in Grand Rapids, then he went to the SHL, then he came to Detroit. Uh, but there's a very good chance after Edvinson's year in the SHL that is very highly touted, which is where I'm coming from, off of Cider's very highly touted year in the SHL, that Edvinson still needs an opportunity to play in Grand Rapids. Mike, do the Griffins win the Calder Cup with wow. Edvinson and Soderblom? This is the most stacked... AHL team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I can't wait to go out to Grand Rapids. Um, yeah, that's gonna I, be fun. I almost want to buy like a mini ticket like package just to watch these guys. Uh, I think the last little bit of news here we want to talk about. Uh, Sebastian Cosa, Mike. Oh. Uh, this, now this is him. When, this is just like the best tweet I could highlight. Um, because the other ones are videos. And uh, while Kosa won goalie of the week in the WHL, of course, the WHL season is over because Kosa gets the shutout to send the Edmonton Oil Kings to the Memorial Cup. Um, I, <laughs> it's super exciting. So four, four team playoff for the cup. It, it is kind of funny. It's um, the, the CHL championship, right? And I, I just, I, I'm, I, this is my first time really trying to get familiar with the Memorial cup outside of playing it in uh, EA sports NHL game. Like you, you play it um, when you do like your, your build a character and do like be a pro mode. Uh, it's uh, it's that collection of all the CHL leagues. And then the host city also gets to bring their team aboard. Um, but more importantly, Costa sends his team to the Memorial cup with a shutout. And of course, on top of the uh, what we're highlighting here on if you guys are watching on YouTube, but for the podcast listeners, is three games, 1.68 goals against, and a 944 save percentage. Uh, we were just talking about if there's an argument for Casper getting those six points in 13 games when it mattered most. Uh, Costa season, right? Last year, like the numbers were sexier. This year, Mikey waited to have his best games till he could send his team to the Memorial Cup. Oh. This is exciting. Yeah, there's not too much to pull away from it because Kosa was great last year uh, in, the, in the WHL. We still saw a guy that struggled a little bit in training camp, so he's got a lot of development to go. But good news, right? Could always go. The, we, we've played that game before, right? Could go the other way. Could, he could be an absolute mess, be an 890 goalie, but no, he's continuing that stellar play in the CHL and the WHL. Uh, so thumbs up all around. And... Uh, did I make a slide for this? I did. Uh, what's the score right now? Uh, uh, Jared was updating us earlier. Three to one, Colorado right now. Three to one now. Man, I missed four goals. All right. So the layoff apparently isn't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so much for rust. Not not only is it three to one. Uh, Lightning are being outshot by the Avalanche, uh, fifteen to eight right now. Uh, are we at the? We are at the period break. So, yeah, we have a full period of play. Oh, boy. <laughs> poor, poor, poor lightning. Mike, um, 
what are we thinking here? I it's unfair because we have a full period, and and most folks will not get that when they're <laughs> trying to pick their Stanley Cup winner. I will say, I was pretty adamant when discussing this. Mike, we we share a father, our father, Gordon Art in Michigan. Um, oh right, yeah, he's Jesus Christ, that was awful. That's the prayer. It's not. not He's alive, alive and well. Bye. He might even be watching right now, and I was super sad. Um, Dad, sorry. But, yeah, I, I was talking to our father. Love you, Dad. I, <laughs> I told him I was cheering for the lightning Yeah. and picking the lightning. I am rooting for Tampa Bay. And I'm, I, I'm probably picking Colorado because I get disappointed every single year. <laughs> uh, I, 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 okay, I that's not true because I was pretty happy at the Lightning one. Um, but I, I just Colorado, I'm not rooting for because they already have the beautiful state of Colorado, which, why, oh my God, what a place to visit! The mountains, the water. There's moose there. There's elk. Yeah. There's bears. And you know, Tampa, ugh, it's Florida. So at least they'll have a winning hockey team. You know, so when you see Florida, you'll think hockey. Sorry, Canada. I, I'm kind of right there with you. I am coming off a vacation from Florida and mm-hmm. sat next to someone at a coffee shop that was, he, he was, he said he grew up in Tampa and he yeah. said like it, it was uh game six was that night. And he, he, he was just like, I don't get it. I don't get how people could get excited about this sport. It is literally the worst sport to watch. And then <laughs> he went on to talk about how great baseball is. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't have been more sick to my stomach. Like, honestly, the whole time I did that thing where you hear somebody having a dumb conversation, like in the restaurant that you're in. And yeah. you just kind of do that, like over the shoulder. Like you want them to notice that you're looking over at them kind of look, but also... <laughs> I, I like to avoid conflict, so I'm not going to say like, "Hey, fucking idiot!" Just you're literally yeah. comparing. You're talking about the worst sport after saying that hockey is unwatchable. Um, so that baseball, was- man, baseball has so much downtime. You can literally file your taxes while you're at the game. Yeah, I I guess my point was to to your point of making Florida like a hockey state. <laughs> Which would be really funny for Florida to say that they're the state of hockey and take that away from yeah. Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but the people in Florida do not appreciate it at all. Um, it was a struggle for me to find game six being played in Tampa. And I was in Florida for my little vacation. It was very hard to find the game anywhere. And I was mm. at a resort that had a ton of bars. And it was like, there isn't even basketball on right now. Why are, why are we watching? <laughs> like, it was just like highlights for uh, the NBA finals instead of their state's hockey team. Which we were closer at the time. We were closer to Florida Panthers country. But I guarantee that is not why. Yeah, I don't think there's that uh, kind of divide. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did want to talk about, too. I picked the Lightning because I thought this layoff or the late 
layover. Like, what? Wait, how do you? All right, so it's been like eight days or whatever, right? Since yeah. the absence of play. I, I really lay, thought. Layoff. Yeah. I thought the Lightning would take like a two nothing series lead, and now that it's three to one, uh, <laughs> Abs clearly looks like the Abs are on their way to taking the first game. Of course, Lightning have so much talent, and the Abs are struggling with their goaltending that uh, you know three to three, no problem by the end of the second. Um, but that's why I was picking the Lightning. I was like, all right, they'll probably at least take one of two, and then I saw them taking their two at home. And then I just was like, all right, you got to find one more win. And um, I don't know. I lost a lot of confidence in that after seeing the results of the first period. But that's uh, that was my assessment. And I also look at these two teams and I see I see an avalanche team that despite sweeping the Oilers struggled a couple of times. And I see a lightning team that despite losing a couple games to the Rangers really took over and kind of just like, no, we're, we're done. Like I, I, I made the, uh, the call. Maybe it was an, an episode or two ago, but I said, no, the, the lightning will win four straight. And this will <laughs> like the lightning are going to the Stanley cup finals. It's okay. This was while they were down two to nothing. And it's just because they are that complete team. And yes, this was also me patting myself on the back for calling Four straight wins. Uh, had to there, fit there that in there. Had and to there fit that in there some some somehow. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, also, another element that I want the lightning. Eric throws it out there. Uh, Eric, I totally agree. Would love to see a three P. I think uh, I think that's really cool. I think that would be cool to see that in uh, my lifetime. No, yeah, I'd be on board. Like, well, yeah, we can go start watching it now and. I know yeah, we're, we're let's almost let everybody the, start watching. Uh, this is our short episode of 48 minutes. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we said 30 minutes. All right, everybody, we're going to sail off into the sunset. Enjoy second and third period. For everybody that's listening to the podcast, of course, you already know what happened. Uh, maybe I was right. Maybe the Lightning uh, made it 3-3. Three to three, And they won in overtime, 4-3. to three. That's my boom. Boom goes the dynamite. This one's going to end 8-1. to one. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys uh, a week from now. Of course, Father's Day coming up on Sunday. Matt's going to enjoy that. Get some free gifts uh, for all you fathers out there. I hope you enjoy your Father's Day. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next Wednesday to talk. Uh, how about for Eric? We'll we'll, we'll talk Cutter. I think, uh, Eric, you were the one that threw out Cutter. Yeah, anyway, I'm still doing it. I'm do- I never stop doing this. Please subscribe, like, go to Spotify, give us a rating, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.